huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. And my passion is to rid this great nation of America of soccer. Soccer here in the U.S. is due in part to I'm the influx of rest. immigrants saying, never quote, I promise you, no American is great grandfather was born here is watching this soccer. This is a waste of our time, energy, and resources. It crumbles the granite, replacing you as the dominant species on the planet. Yo, yo. Lyrically, I'm infinite like possibilities, but you don't have the capability like infertility. Cause opening your mouth to question my validity is like trying to contradict the theory of relativity. What I spit is the epitome of heavy All right. artillery. Um, my enemies are upset. We're about to like transition into actual football league stuff. So I think the best way to do that is to kind of ease you all in. And the best way to ease you all in is to go back to our classic RG. Registability. Guess what, rest. folks? He has it's stuff to say about football leagues. So he says, do not fall for the recent propaganda coming out of football leagues. There are indeed clubs circumventing FFP, but the policy is merely the work of a traditional aristocracy seeking to maintain power. And that, my friends, is your preview for next week's episode where we will legitimately discuss that tweet in depth. But I wanted to bring up RG because... My friend, he got into a fight with another hilarious person on Twitter who we have not talked about. And this yeah. is the ballad of Tancredi Palmieri, who, and I, I, I don't know where to begin with him. He is an actually semi-respected journalist, don't know how, uh, but he, for example, has this gem. Barcelona are staring at Inter, Box like young male porn star does at the MILF main star of porn movie. Absolute just high-end soccer analysis. Uh, But, and, and I would encourage you to just go and find any of his numerous tweets. He includes shit where he just sings out loud. Uh, he, I mean, it is ridiculous. It's a lot in Italian, but it's still funny as hell. When he tweets in English, it's amazing. Here's another recent one. Ah ha 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 ha. Not only Cristiano shows abs now, he even look at them and brags about it. Next goal celebration, he is going to doing helicopter with penis. <laughs> it's such a stupid tweet. 
It's such a stupid tweet, but it's you know it's pretty funny. Also, I mean, like I, I mean, like as as someone who like we make jokes on this show, we do a joke, we do jokes sometimes. It's kind of a funny joke. No, yeah, no, we all. I mean, we love stupid tweets. We make stupid tweets. We make stupid jokes. So like, it's not necessarily yeah. like a. Yeah. It's not really yeah. like a, a critique that it's a stupid tweet, <laughs> but it's such a dumb tweet. It really is. But guys, the reason we're bringing this up, we reason we brought Reducibility up is because he replied to he it. He has he has things to. Say about he has this. things to say about it. Registability said disgraceful comment given the recent events in Leicester, which is a classic registability thing in that it is incredibly rude and tone deaf because not he is uh, assuming that Tong Trady Palmieri's stupid tweet is about or in any way related to the death of the owner of the Leicester City. FC in a helicopter crash when obviously it has nothing to do with that and he was just trying to get a rise out of his own fans and get people angry because that's what reducibility does. But get ready, bitch, because you met your match in Tancredi Palmieri. Ready for this response? I think you're ready for this response. Tancredi Palmieri says... Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Someone has written something about the word helicopter? I pity him and his poor mind condition. (laughs) His mind condition. Replying to himself, wait, this guy's a psychologist? Quote, regularly featured on Bleacher Report? (laughs) 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 That is such a good own. He's a psychologist, someone who dared to relate Lester to the fact that I use word helicopter only for a bunch of likes as if he would be a 14-year-old looking for easy appreciation. My God. Hell yeah, Ted Crady. Drag him, King. He just, I mean, he he got right to the heart of it and just dragged RG for just just cynically driving those interactions, just in the in the most just oh the most shameless way. That being said, uh, and 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 that being said, RG is an absolute scumbag. He has nothing to say about this helicopter crash. Uh, the idea that he would tr- ever make fun of anyone or complain that anyone said anything about this shit. He said, and I quote, helicopter pilot was a woman. That's all. That's what he said about it. Boom. So really, really good. He's a huge piece of shit. Tranquility Palmieri. I am so, I will fucking suit up to fight team with team Tancredi. I'm ready. Let's go, baby. Yeah. I mean, a, we, we, we might, I mean, poster. We might not be able to get down with the uh, the Cristiano versus Selena beef, but this beef, hell yeah, this beef we have sides. I will see. I will suit. We have up. a team I'm here. Down for this shit. Let's go. Uh, and with that, it's time to talk about football leagues. This is exactly what I wanted. We've got about half hour in. We've got about half hour of um, high end football stuff to talk about. So um, I'm going to keep in for managing Madrid listeners. Hi, this is sort of what um, Let's Fix Football is like. Uh, I'm keeping in the bit about Tancredi Palmieri and RG because you got to know something about our show. If you don't like that, that's cool. But here's the here's the part you're gonna like. Um, let's talk about let's talk about football leagues. And I think the best thing to to talk about with football leagues to start it off is just to remember that angels do exist in this world, and we are blessed by their presence and by God every single day. And in that. N'Golo Kante is an angel brought to earth so that we can enjoy him. Football Leaks has revealed that N'Golo Kante 
refused a tax evasion scheme from from Chelsea FC and insisted on just having a normal salary. Yeah, yeah, he this so this story is like freaking weird because it's it, it, what it, what it seems to imply is that Chelsea has as a normal arrangement they set up over you know offshore accounts and trusts for their players and they use these to pay them their you know ridiculous weekly right. salaries and it appears that such a trust was set up for Ningolo Conte who then at a later date said no just give me a paycheck yes that is what happened well, so uh, there's some ambiguity because people that have been like hitting Conte for like, oh, he went along with it at first. Like, who knows what he no, knew? No, no chance what was that that's on. true. Do not talk yes. about my beautiful, <laughs> angelic, beautiful, angelic child like that. You cannot say that. I mean, people are saying it. I'm just bringing it up. I I tend to believe that what probably happened is he, you know, filled out all this paperwork, found out what was happening, and it's like, no, no, just give me a salary. So just give me a salary. I want to make talking about. I mean, he was. I mean, N'Golo Conte. He's just such a pure soul. Just what I mean, he's just such a good person, and I'm so glad that we got to open this show talking about him because the rest of this is just not going to be. <laughs> It's not going to be about that. Um, so let's talk quickly, Evan, about why football leagues. I mean, we've mentioned why generally um, we we respect and trust them. But in our Cristiano Ronaldo episode, we talked about why we trusted the football leagues that related to Cristiano Ronaldo. In this case, the it's just all of that on top of the fact that the European Investigative Consortium, which is including uh, – Papers of record and wire services, right? It's not just Der Spiegel, which is was what was the, doing the research in the Ronaldo case, which is a great and, 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 and a famous paper of record in Germany, one of the best in the world. Seriously, uh, it's not just Der Spiegel. This is a, a consortium that includes a number of Spanish papers, Portuguese, French papers, uh, and it includes Reuters. Uh, and the Times of London. So this is a consortium of journalists, all of whom analyze and and look at these data together. This is, I, I could not be more certain in the veracity of the documents in these series of leaks from football leagues. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it was a really smart move to to get this consortium together because what you're dealing with is some of, you know, a group of the most respected media organizations in the world. You know, that's effectively what we're dealing with here. Like, you know, outside of some of the American, you know, institutions that are not included for obvious reasons of not giving a shit. Yeah, um, big old don't care. <laughs> big old New York Times don't care. Um, you know, this is about as big as it gets. Like you, these are not tabloids, right? That's the point that everyone's trying that, that the, that's the point of bringing these people together. So this isn't a tabloid looking for clicks, you know, this is, you know, serious, serious journalists and yeah. serious newspapers trying to get to the truth of what's going on. And I think that you need that kind of credibility when and and, and prestige when you're going to go in on trying to take down or, or skip, cast some serious questions about some really freaking powerful yeah. people. So and I think it's just time now to, to, to bring up the unbelievably bootlicking article written by Gabriele Marcotti of, uh, yeah, ESPN speaking of, speaking of 
powerful people, right? Real power player here. Um, so he wrote an article basically being like, oh, there's no big deal. No, everyone look away. Uh, and in it, he did a, he, he made a bunch of, I think the, the, I think the, the nice way of saying this is he made a, a, a series of nuanced statements. But in reality, what he was doing was casting aspersions on these documents, which I am confident and, and I know I'm protected by free speech laws in this country. Fine. But I'm confident in saying that these documents are correct. And I, I have, I believe very seriously in these, in these documents to the extent that I would never use, for, for example, this phrase. While some documents have been questioned for their authenticity, none, in parentheses, thus far, have been proven, proven false, faked, or forged. And I'll just leave it at that. That is a materially true statement. It is not the way that a serious person looking at these documents and looking at these reports would treat this. These, this is a much more serious thing than just, nothing's been proven fake yet. Uh, They get this through a, through a, uh, there's been a hack. And basically when we talk about hacks, we talk about a number of different things. We're not talking about like swordfish style, like, like, uh, 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 Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman in that fucking movie that, that owned, you should all watch it, um, where he like puts a code into the CIA while getting a blowjob from some, you know, model and then he hacks everyone's data. No, it's, these hacks are normally like Edward Snowden. Someone who has access to this data decides to download all of it and give it to people. And that's essentially what we have here. We have, and they've also said we have multiple secure sources. So it's not just one source. It's not just one hack. It's a number of people hacking and then confirming the data. Um, but ten, um, but Gabriele Marcotti says, "Does this seem plausible?" He asks. Not really. Yeah, it's, oh, this is when it just started to really rile me, right? Because he's going to do this a few more times through the uh, through the article where he's going to set something up and just completely shrug it off. Yeah. He just com- he just makes this base assumption that there wouldn't be people within the football world who would have access to information, who would be pissed off about what that information was and would want to call a journalist, regard- regardless of the fact that in every institution across the world, this is how investigative journalists yeah. get their shit. This, right? this is how it works. This is We'd how had it works. Somebody, we had somebody in the White House write an op-ed from the White House <laughs> saying <laughs> that they were trying to obstruct things. Like they were presumably hired by the president. It is. Like, this is exactly right. Um, so, what we're talking about, though, is the one of a, to- a topic that we've been talking about a lot on this show, which is the theoretical European Super League, and that's sort of what these documents show. And one of the things that's very interesting to me about these documents, and this is where all you managing Madrid listeners would be interested to know, is that one of the big minds behind this pot- potential. European Super League is Real Madrid president Florentino Perez. Now, Florentino Perez has been a mover and shaker in this for a while. I think he sees uh, the American model as a better way to make money overall, I think, for his team than the current European model. And it's hard to disagree with him, I think. That being said, I wildly think this would be a terrible idea. Um, we can get into the kind of uh, uh, 
I think we can get into the legal niceties of this later. But the basic idea would be this. There would be a team of about, you know, anywhere from over the years, it's changed from like 12 to 27 uh, teams. They would play both a regular season and then a American-style playoffs at the end of the season, uh, which would culminate in some sort of Super Bowl. It is a good revenue model. It makes sense. That's why the Americans did it. Uh, the problem is that there is a obviously a huge amount of pushback. And one of the things that was really interesting to me, Evan, is the way that it got reported as if almost FIFA is some sort of good organization that is only opposing the, the the Super League because it's stupid. So, for example, Gabe Fernandez, who's a good, good journalist who I enjoy, wrote, report, not even FIFA wants to back this stupid European Super League. But the thing is, the European Super League would have nothing to do with FIFA, Evan. Yeah, it, and that's be a, and thing. actually a very good reason that FIFA would be against it, right, is because it would be its own thing. And I think FIFA has a lot of constituents, you know, capital – bound up with the local associations and local associations, you know, the football association in England, in Spain, like those are the guys with the least, with the most to lose in the super league situation. They're also the guys who vote on who, you know, has power in FIFA. Right. Um, and so, and so it is a very bad thing for FIFA when you consider who the stakeholders right. in FIFA the, are. The stakeholders um, and the, and, uh, the people, again, FIFA is a quote unquote nonprofit. That's the most corrupt thing ever. The people that are actually getting all of those, you know, uh, apartment in Trump Tower for $10,000 a month apartment in Trump Tower for your cats type of deals, those fat people who died on the toilet, uh, they don't want this. That in, No, that by itself makes me want to support it. But the problem is that I actually don't think it's a good idea. And I think that one of the things that we get lost a little bit in talking about this is whether this is actually a good idea or not. Like, practically, I don't, I don't like this idea, Evan. Yeah, no, I, so I think it's a bad idea. I, I think that, you know... Yeah, I, I come at it from a couple of different angles. The one is like you mentioned, it's kind of more the American model. And I think that's right. Right. So it would be relying on this idea that people, I think, I think intrinsic in the idea of the super league is the idea that people can kind of be a fan of two different teams, right? They'll have the kind of their big super league team and then they'll have their local team and they'll support both. There'll be different competitions and they'll have fun and it'll be more money for everybody, just more soccer. And that's kind of a thing that happens in the U S in American football football in between, you know, a lot of people watch college football and they also watch NFL football. So there's a higher level that makes a ton of money. There's a lower level, lower level that also makes a ton of money, but I don't think you can just recreate yeah. what has been made through a lot of historical contingency in the U S uh, you know, that, that developed very organically and, and those fan bases are very organic and the way, what people come to expect from them are very different. Like you're not going to create that no. in, in Europe, what you're going to do is you're going to create very, very clearly a first division and a second division. And you, you, the, the practical effect is you're going to eviscerate the national leagues, right? The national leagues are just going to become, you know, they're going to become second, you know, secondary, second division, secondary you know, second division things. They're going to become basically farm teams for the teams in the super league. Um, you know, the, you assume that you have three English teams in the Super League, right? You'll probably have a London team and you'll probably have the two Manchester teams. 
um, and Liverpool. So, you know, maybe you're going to find two to four teams out of England probably, right? Um, yeah, I saw you know, up to five. I mean, it just the compensation just is, depends, is, right? it almost depends. doesn't matter is but, the thing. But, what, but what's going to happen – yeah, what's going to happen regardless of how many there is, is is, you know, the English – Football Association League, whatever the Premier League becomes, would just become a farm league right. for for those teams, and it's, right. it's just going to radically change what those uh, the, what those competitions look like. The money that they're talking about, though, at least that this guy uh, 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 Charlie Stil, uh, Stilitano <laughs> uh, has been saying uh, that they could make is absolutely insane. Um, which e- each club making over 500 million euros a year. And like that might be true. Like that might possibly be true. Um, but I think that the reasonable reaction, like it's a reasonable reaction to say that, yeah, you know, the the 12 or the 15 or the 20 teams that would be involved might make out like bandits. But, you know, the precious thing that is football in Europe as we know it right. would would be drastically degraded, right? So many rivalries, yes. rivalries would be degraded. So much of the fan experience, so many things that we love as football, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the bottom line. Like, yeah, I think I would like soccer less if this happened. I also think that I would watch the Super League. Yep. And so the fact that the teams would make money off of me watching it doesn't mean I like it. You know, yep. it's not democratic in that sense, it, like in that B, because I watch it means I'm voting for it. Uh, so, yeah, they make money off of me. Uh, but I also prefer being able to still see, you know, I like the class, you know, I'm a Premier League fan. I like to see, you know, Tottenham have to, you know, have to go play the, the you know, cliche Cole Knight and Stoke, right? I think that that's fun. There's a, you know, there's a, a, a history to it, to, you know, the physical, cold, rainy, gross, ugly soccer matches they have to play yeah. in, in a small stadium in the middle of nowhere. Like these are fun. These well, are you know, facets of the game. The, one of the most exciting things in the history of sports is a reason why this shouldn't this this can't be allowed and that's Leicester winning the title like the yeah. Super League would never that would never be a question it would just be which one of the different giants is going to win it this year and you know frankly yeah re- recently over the last few years the title has been won by exclu- like you know mainly clubs from Spain where right? I get it. Like I'm a Real Madrid fan. I know that. And I know that that's not ideal for the sport, but that is not going to be true this year. I'd be willing to wager most of my money that a team from Spain is not going to win this year. And fat, like, frankly, these leagues go through different cycles of dominance. And, you know, sometimes they, the league make bad business decisions in selling their media rights. And I think that part of what the, clubs at the top want to be able to do is to take control of that those deals where they say well you know we can negotiate that our our our, our I think that city I oh, got really got fucked with this and that's why they've been in such a, such trouble is that we've you know they made a bad deal and so the clubs aren't getting as much money so they couldn't pay for the highest end talent um and so they have been in the dumps, basically. Uh, and we'll talk more about some of the other things in this in these revelations, uh, you know, because one of the reasons that uh, the the teams I think are turning to a super league, Evan, is because they're seeing sovereign wealth funds and entire nations put their budgets behind teams and thinking, well, we can't compete, and the only way we could possibly compete is if we're in some sort of super league. 
Uh, yeah, and I, and, and I, mean, I get that impulse. So do I. But like, there's different ways to react to the sovereign wealth. To you know, Cutter coming in and spending you know six percent of their GDP on Manchester City. And, you know, yeah, one way is you just secede from that and you get more control, more bargaining power, you make more money and, you know, and, and you can fix it that way. And, and I get it from like a Real Madrid perspective or even a Liverpool perspective, like there's a Bayern. I think Bayern's the huge. Yeah, Bayern and Real Madrid is major, major movers. Yeah. Because they are not like Bayern in particular does not have the financial resources that a lot of the other uh, kind of super clubs have. Right. Um, and so they're looking at a world where they keep dominating the German league, but in recent years, they have not been able to keep up in, uh, you know, in, in champions league competition. So I, I, I get it. There's another way to go, which you could actually enforce financial fair play. Yeah, you could. Which and I know that's, that's the other half of this conversation that we're going to have next yeah. week. We're going to have that conversation next week. Is you can actually punish clubs that have the sovereign wealth fund come in and, you know, right purchase a legacy and another part of the conversation that we will have next week is uh, their spiegel's uh, uh reporting that uh clubs have been uh approached by money market funds and these people looking to make money and and give them loans which that is a less important part because it's something that we've been saying has been happening for a while but we'll discuss that as well but i i think what what i what i what i really wanted to get back to uh is you know, the, this, this, some of the legal questions, because yeah. ultimately, Evan, I think, and, and a couple of people were saying this, um, and I think that's one way that they, that FIFA has actually successfully pushed back is by saying, essentially, this would be the death of international soccer. Now, I don't think that's true. I don't think the people who would do the Super Super League think that's true. But FIFA is saying basically if you play in the Super League, you would not be permitted to play for your national team, which would be catastrophic. It would be mutually assured destruction, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I think that's dumb. I also think that it's not going to happen, and I think that's the wrong tact to take in pushing back into the Super League, right? I I think that the argument really lies in what I was talking about before, which is the effect this would have on the domestic leagues. Like, I think if you get enough, you get the fans, uh, even, you know, a lot of fans are not going to want to face up to their national league becoming insignificant and, like, you know, their domestic league, and I think that's the, you know, real tact because everybody knows in the end that, and I think in in particular, FIFA is not going to follow through with not having the best right. players play international soccer. Like I, I think that everybody would be willing to call that bluff. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's not the right answer, but there is a question whether they, for the first World Cup after that happens, they would fight yeah. it and push it. And at that point, there are also questions, Evan, and this is another, and and that would prevent the players themselves who really value international football from playing potentially. The other question that I think is really interesting is whether the creation of a super league would void the contracts of the players on their teams basically creating a system of complete free agency. Uh, yeah. That is a, as far as I can, as far as I'm concerned, that is an unanswered question. Uh, the players have contracts with their teams, but the teams, you know, a lot of the contracts, as far as, put, as, as their Spiegel is explaining, some of these contracts are legitimately, uh, do legitimately include requirements that the team play within this league. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think that what's interesting is that I think a lot of those types of clauses are protections built in against relegation. Yeah. And and they would go the opposite, you know, the the exact opposite direction, potentially, if they left the league to go to what we'll call here, you know, for sake of argument, a higher division. Um, You know, it would have this unintended consequence of maybe triggering these voiding, you know, these escape clauses uh, in these contracts. It, it, it's interesting. I'm sure it would get litigated about what the actual, you know, intention of those clauses is. Yeah. Um, you know, since y- you you could make the argument that, you know, maybe it's ambiguous on its face. It's not clear what it means to, you know, not play in the league anymore. And then you could potentially have a litigation over, well, you know, when we were negotiating, what did we say that this clause was going to be? Yeah. All right. That is, I think, a pretty solid... Well, I think- well, I go say ahead. there's one. I think I, I just want to throw him oh, one dude, more. Go. Point, which is which is the the antitrust point, which is oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. Let's so, talk about so, that. So so antitrust law generally requires you know separate businesses to compete with each other. They're not supposed to cooperate. They're supposed to compete, and that's supposed to be good for consumers, right? So yeah, you know you don't want people setting up cartels and monopolies, etc. And sports leagues are always an interesting antitrust case because they're necessarily anti-competitive in the sense that in order for a sports league to happen, a bunch of different businesses, the teams have to cooperate on all kinds of things, a schedule rules, uh, this, you know, whatever structure you're going to have for signing, selling, trading players, like all these things require cooperation that is strictly speaking anti-competitive because otherwise they should be competing in a free market for that. But we allow it because we know we think, you know, as a policy, having a sports league is a good thing overall for consumers. We, you know, this, you know, cooperation is overall benefits consumers more than the cooperation hurts them. But there's always a policy choice in there with respect to these kinds of antitrust exemptions or these decisions about what is good for consumers. Um, And you could have an argument that pulling away and making the Super League is just extracting more money out of the consumers without creating any more or you know more of a product, which would be soccer or a better product. And you know, in this argument, you say, you know, what is being extracted doesn't outweigh the value of having the new Super League, and we're going to enforce our antitrust regulations against it and, say, and, and nix it and say it can't happen. And I'd have to imagine that the you know the football associations, the local domestic associations, would in a heartbeat bring this lawsuit to try to stop any Super League. Yes, or, I, I don't. I, I don't actually know if a lawsuit's the way it would work in Europe. It might be different, but we you know, would well, seek regulatory they, action. Yeah, and and the way to do it is the I uh, probably the court of arbitration for sport. Right, like, and and taking it through uh, this this built-in mechanism that was created to arbitrate sports disputes, and uh, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, by the way, is a internationally recognized body. It's outside and independent of FIFA. Actually, you know what? I can pause this and bring in my wife, who is a arbitrator. Um, if you if you think that's a good idea, um, to quickly break down. Uh, you know, I'll have, we'll do it on a, on, a, on an episode with um, with Ernesto next week. That's what we'll do. But the the question is, would likely go to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and that's a fascinating one. And uh, I would I'd be fascinated to see the the answer. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the uh, uh, I don't know and what, I, what I th- how I that think- would come out. 
and I think frankly neither does the league and I think that that's a that's a big element of risk in any attempt for the teams to break away um, is is this element of legal risk you know are they going to actually get away with it and if you don't then the reputational hit you take is pretty huge yep yes it is um, next week we're talking football leagues more not next week I mean this weekend we're talking football leagues we're talking with Ernesto we have a lot more to say I think the best way to, to kind of preview that is to just say, as Christoph Winterbach, who was, has been the main kind of out there journalist, uh, you know, the face of this for Der Spiegel, again, this is a consortium of journalists. This is not, as Gabriele Marcotti said, no smoking gun. They're just, it's not just one smoking gun. There are tons of guns and they're all smoking. They're firing everywhere. But I think the, the, the overarching motif of the football league's uh, revelations is, as he said, these revelations are about clubs that, quote, believe the rules should be altered to fit their needs. They are so inflated by success that they can now casually disregard the dictates of their governing bodies, of teams that are too big to fail and beyond control. We'll see you next week, folks. Men down. From nigga, fuck who you know, where you from my nigga, where your grandma stay, huh my nigga, this mad city I run my nigga. Brace yourself, I take you on a trip down memory lane, this is not a rapper, I'm slinking crack or moon cocaine, this is cold as second, plenty cognac and major pain, not the drill sergeant, but the stress that weighing on your brain, it was me L Boogie, yang yang YG lucky, ride down Rosecrans, it got ugly, waving your hand out the window, check your uh, warriors and Conan's hope euphoria can slow dance with society The driver's seat, the first one to get killed Seen a light-skinned nigga with his brains blown out At the same breakfast stand with tank out Now this is not a tape recorder saying that he did it But ever since that day, I was looking at him different That was back when I was nine, Joey packed a nine Pack a stand on every porch is fine We adapt to crime, pack a van with four guns at a time With the sliding door, fuck it up, fuck you shooting for if you ain't walking up you fucking punk picking up the fucking pump picking up you sucker sucker dick or die a sucker bunch of wall of bullets coming from AKs ARs AR duck that's what mama said when we was eating that free lunch oh man goddamn all hell broke loose you killed my cousin back in 94 fuck your truce now crawl your head in that noose you wind up dead on the news ain't no peace treaty just peace and BG's up to pre-approved bodies on top of bodies Ivy's on top of Ivy's Obviously the coroner between the sheets like the Ozzy's When you hop on that trolley Make sure your color's correct Make sure your corporate or they'll be calling your mother collect They say the governor collect All of our tactics except When we in traffic and tragic happens That shit ain't no threat You moving backwards if you suggest that you sleep with a tech Go buy your chopper and have a doctor on speed dial I guess Mass City Bend down, where you from? Fuck who you know, where you from my nigga Where your grandma stay, huh my nigga This mad city I run my nigga If I rules and crips all get along They probably got me down by the end of the song Seem like the whole city go against me Every time I'm in the street I hear Yuck, yuck, yuck Wake your punk ass up it ain't nothing but a cop and thing. Chill. Real simple and plain. We 
teach you some lessons about the street. Fresh out of school, cause I was a high school grad Sleeping in the living room of my mama's pad Reality struck, I seen a white car crash Hit the light pole, two niggas hopped out on foot and dashed My pop said I needed a job, I thought I believed him Security gone for a month and ended up leaving In fact, I got fired, cause I was inspired by all of my friends To stage a robbery the third Saturday I clocked in Projects tore up, gang signs get thrown up Cocaine laced and marijuana And they wonder why I really smoke now Shit since the 80s, slow. Charm stays bug naked. Death, make a nigga flip. Cluck heads all up and down the block and shit. One time's crooked and shit. Block a nigga in. A laundry, rose crass, bullets. What's cop? Still in the hood. Low yeah, that's cool. The hood took me under, so I follow the rules. Yeah, that's like me. I grew up in the hood where they bang and niggas that rep colors is doing the same thing. Pass it to the left so I can smoke on me. A couple drive-bys in the hood lately. Couple of IPs with the fucking spray can. Shots in the crowd, then everybody ran. Hood been a slave, street life I crave. Shots at the enemy, horse turn brave. Mount up, regulators in the whip. Down the boulevard with the pistol grip. Yeah, trip. We in the hood still, so low grab strap, cause GS so real yeah. Deal with the outcome of strap in the hand And the burn 10 grams where motherfuckers stand If I told you I killed a nigga at 16, would you believe me? Or see me to be innocent Kendrick You seen in the street with a basketball and some now ladies to eat If I'm mashing all of my skeletons, would you jump in the seat? Would you say my intelligence now is great relief? And it's safe to say that our next generation maybe can sleep With dreams of being a lawyer, doctor Instead of boy with a chopper They hold the codes like a hostage Kill them all if they gossip The children of the corn Saving their lives and the option of living a lie Drive their body with toxins Constantly drinking and drive Hit the powder then watch this flame That arrive in his eye This account with the concept is aiming They bang in the slide Out that bitch with the pies And the price on his head The tides probably go to the projects I Live inside the belly of the rough Cop the USA Made me an angel and angel <laughs> Pass dot the bottle. Damn. You ain't the one that got fucked up. What you holding it for? Niggas always acting unsensitive and shit. Nigga, that ain't no word. Nigga, shut up. Dot, you good, my nigga? Don't even trip. Just lay back and drink that. Choosing an energy company raises many questions. Who can make my electricity and natural gas work smarter? Where can I find a company that's easy to do business with, who knows the market best and has options to fit my needs? For millions of homes and businesses, there is one answer, Constellation. Decades of market intelligence and proven solutions from a trusted energy leader. Energy made efficient, simple, insightful, and flexible. That's what makes Constellation America's energy choice. Learn more at constellation.com energy. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius.
One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.